We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Really on that inbounds play, it just looked like the spacing was kind of junked up right from the jump. Is that what you saw? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't execute the play very well. You know, we needed to be better there. I think it's something we can, we can learn from. You know, it's something we've worked on that. But, you know, I think with them defensively being small, they're going to switch everything, you know, so you got to kind of manipulate, you know, in terms of who you're screening in those situations. And, you know, we just we just got to be better in that situation. Molly Ann Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Hmm. That's Billy Donovan. And, um, you know, hmm. the, the play was late in the game and, and Alex Caruso's trying to inbounds the ball, and it it was very confusing. It, I did did uh, Demar Derozan and Zach kind of went go, to the same spot. They went to the same so spot. They're down three. Yeah, and they need a three to tie the game. They probably you could have envisioned based on previous experience, maybe they had inbounded the ball to Zach Levine, and maybe he would have taken a two. Oh boy, that is so. <laughs> the point being, it's happened. They yeah. do not execute down the stretch. They no. always have one of these possessions in them late, where you're going to want to pound your head against the wall. You scratch your head, whatever the case may be. You're confused because they look confounded and they don't get it done. So post game, naturally, KC asked a great question, Billy Donovan. This is what Zach Levine and Demar Derozan had to say about going to the same spot. What was the, the call and what was uh, what happened that led to that miscommunication? I mean, I think Alex was just trying to throw it to an open spot. We had to get the ball in bounds, pin for me to go up to the top, but they're switching. So I just tried to make a cut, get open. Me and Demar cut to the same area, and, and you just try to make a play. Quiet guy's hand on it, and then we just scramble for it. Well, what did you, what did you see from your view on the last play when Alex was inbound? You know, what, what were you guys trying to run, and what, you, what did you see happening? I haven't rewatched it. I know the sequence of the play. You know, once I look back, it seemed like we was taking too long just to get it in. They probably did a good job switching. I haven't looked looked at it, but you know, we had a couple options to look look at it. Whether if it was Zach coming off and Vooch popping back to the ball. By the time I seen Vooch, they didn't get it. I think we was just trying to, you know, get the ball in bounds. You know, we was just all over the place. Ball got fumbled around. Hmm. So it sounds like DeMar DeRozan went to the wrong spot. <laughs> it does sound like I that. I mean, just based on his <laughs> – un- I was unsure as to what happened. Zach knew exactly what had happened. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what happened was they couldn't get the ball in, and then he had to get the ball in, so he tried like a bounce pass to Zach Levine, who I'm not even sure. Did he get a couple dribbles on it, and then Kawhi it, got a hand on it, and the ball's bouncing, and they picked it up. It wasn't I, clean. No. Kawhi Leonard – Got his claw in there. Yes. And so he took care of that defensively, and the Clippers escaped after coming back from a 19-point deficit. But in that case, in that scenario, Zach is the guy you want, even though it's a late-game situation and we can have that debate as we it's an ongoing one about who takes the last shot and all those kinds of things because DeMar's history. But you need a three, and Zach's more likely to hit the three. So DeMar, under those circumstances, I know he wants the ball, 
But at that point, if he's going to the wrong spot, he's just getting in the way. Well, he's just clogging he, up. He was in the, the way. Area. Yes, it made it more difficult to make the inbounds pass. The Bulls really struggle in those late game situations and executing them. Alex, Alex Caruso, probably the right guy to be inbounding the ball, but you just had this sense they needed a big shot, they needed a, a good play, and you just sensed that it wasn't going to happen. They've conditioned us to expect the worst, and they delivered again. So that's a frustrating loss for the Bulls. And it's been a frustrating week. I know they came off a victory, but the, the news about Lonzo Ball having six different opinions. That's terrible Reportedly, news. that he still can't get to the bottom of it. Yeah. He still feels no pain in his knee. Nobody knows. The pain. It just feels like they're headed toward some kind of reckoning at the trade deadline. And I, I don't know if you want to build up those kind of expectations with all kinds of speculation, uh, but the longer this goes on, and the more we talk about what they're not doing and winning games they have big leads in, the more you think they need change for the sake of change. 312-644-6767. That is the telephone number. Mike's on the south side. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. Listen, I called the other day to say to complain about Billy Donovan, and Zach said to me, well, they don't have perimeter shooting. Listen, that's not true. DeRosa can shoot threes from anywhere. Levine can shoot threes from anywhere. Booch even can shoot threes. That's not the problem. When you lose games, when you have 19 and 20 point leads and all that, that the captain is responsible for the ship. The problem is Donovan. Well, I, I I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the problem is they don't have like a point guard. I, they, they lack a, a true point guard beyond belief, and they need that. They thought they had it in Lonzo Ball. And the fact that he hasn't been able to play has led them to wherever it that, is they are that's now. That's part of it. That's a big part of it. That's you truth. know how I feel about Billy Donovan. I, I don't know that it all can be pointed and, and laid at his feet. Maybe he's partly responsible for this, and maybe last night the execution is related to that, but – this is a roster configuration issue. They, they do not have three-point shooters. They don't have three-point shooters, so they're trading twos for threes. And DeMar DeRozan, I, I'm sorry, Mike, he is not the guy who's taking three-point shots. He's a mid-range game he, guy. That's his and a game. a really good one. That He's is, a throwback. He does a great job. He's an all-star because you of know. the way he, he does – he operates in the mid-range game. They don't space the floor Look because they don't numbers. have shooters. Yeah, they don't have – you got to just break down the numbers. They don't have three-point shooters. You know, it, it was weird. Stephen, in the first couple sequences of that game, it felt like um, it, it felt like Io was a little bit out of control running down the floor. He got a shot blocked. He had a turnover. It just it, – it, it's he's, just, he's breaking his rear end. He's a great kid. He's working hard. He's not a point guard. No, he's and, and all you got to do is look at the numbers. He's and, a combo guard, and yeah, and compare him to the only point guard they have on the roster, who is about fifty-eight years old or something. And I think that uh, Dragic, well, a he's a good he's gentleman, a distinguished gentleman. Yes, he is a very distinguished. He gentleman. is very, um, but he is he is a really good point guard who is too old to play regular minutes, sadly. And Drummond is a guy that in the middle is probably not at the point where you want to. Uh, uh, use him too often and so you have guys that were brought here to be bench pieces that uh, assumed a lot of things that aren't coming true and 
now you're at the trade deadline and you're going to have to look around the league and see see how you can be different. The the Vooch trade in retrospect is something that uh, you know he has a, a lot of value. He he would have value maybe around the league. I don't know if any team what you're going to get in return. But what else are you going to trade? Do you think you'll get offers for DeMar DeRozan? Probably. Are you ready to make that move? Are you ready to part ways with DeMar DeRozan? Kobe White is going to have some teams. That's already been speculated. There have been some talks about Kobe White's value. I don't know what it is, but you have to do something to change the mix. I think they will. And, I mean, I just think that a lot of the stuff they do, you know, you, you got to look at the essential players, their age, and their contracts. And you got to operate from that. I, I think what I'm saying is they could do a lot of kind of window dressing moves, but and that's what you're talking about. With the, these aren't significant change the team moves. I'm asking, do you think I, they I need would, to I, disrupt the big three? Yeah, I would. I would. I would too. Yeah, I would be willing to do that. And if I, I wake up this morning and I'm Arturnus Kornashovas, I'm looking at. My agenda. I'm looking at my team and my roster, and I'm open for business. Listen, they've told you who they are. You know, you you want to listen to what the message is, and you want to understand: Do we have a chance with this thing? How is it? They're telling you, no. You need to make a big move. That's what they're telling I, you. I it's tough to do it you, at this point. It's tough to go into kind of a taking a step back, but that's what you I'd need rather to do. see them try to change the makeup of their roster and the composition of their big three than fire the coach, which is such an NBA move. Right. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Billy Donovan came into the season, remember his very uh, underreported, sneaky contract extension? Yes. That sat in the drawer for a That's while right. before they talked about it? Yeah. Are they really going to turn around months later after sitting on that news and fire the coach? I don't think so, and I don't think that's the answer. I think you need to give him another shot with a different kind of mix of a roster because I do believe – I think I'm saying I believe in the coach more than I believe in the way the roster has been put together. So change the way the roster is put together to give your coach a chance. It, it is it is really difficult to kind of watch what's happening and how it's unfolding with this team. It, it's just tough. I mean, and I think that – it, a lot of it has to do with the injury to a key component in Lonzo Ball. They, they they probably thought he was coming back, and they probably thought this team worked with him, but I think they've now come to the realization that he's not coming back, that he's not going to play this year, that you don't know what you have moving forward, and you don't know, you don't know, you know, you're going to have to make some kind of move, and and everyone is kind of. You know, oh, bring back D Rose, bring back D well, Rose. I, I mean, those, that would help. Those aren't, but those, that's those not aren't the change. kind of moves we're talking about here. No. I think we're talking about the big three. And I think that foundationally, Mully, it is more than just window dressing or changing, rearranging the furniture if you are open to trading Patrick Williams. Because that is a I'm guy. I'm not sure I do that. Well, I'm wondering about that. He's starting to play better. And, and you know, the, he's 21 years old. He's starting to play better. He's starting to click for him. You just, I mean, you don't have a but lot. But if you are open for business, the premise being if the Bulls are, you know, with eight days to go into the deadline, they have seen enough and willing to change the mix of the roster, and you are an opposing general manager having this conversation with AK, the first name on my list is not Vooch. Right. The first name on my list that I'm asking about is a 21-year-old who has shown in flashes that he can be – an impact kind of guy. You might you might 
need him more than another team would, though, because of the, the age of your roster and everything else. I'm just saying he's – I'm not saying he's good, and and I'm sure we'd have volunteers that would drive him to, to the airport. I, I doubt that we would have a hard time getting that. But I think the problem they have is that the big three aren't the big three, right? They got they got DeMar DeRozan, and the other two guys are probably – I mean – you know, it's great that Vooch is having a good year, but he's having a good year because he's probably in a contract situation. I don't know that he's having a great year because he really fits in and everything's well, going. It, it, they don't the all fit together well. They don't fit together. For whatever reason. And maybe. they would if you had a, a healthy Lonzo Ball. Because more likely. Be, there'd be spacing on the floor. More likely from than a guy, that. He's a very good Zach player. has been a disappointment, I think, overall, given the big contract he signed, the inconsistency Early was attributed to the fact that he might not have been 100% healthy. Now it's just because I, I don't know if they are – something's missing. Something's lacking. You don't know what it is, but you know that they don't have it when you watch the Bulls. Right. And that's hard to put a finger on, but you just know that this situation, based on just watching NBA for a long period of time, begs for change. It's ready to be mixed up. And- uh, that's, that's a fair way of putting it. It begs for change. It really does, David, because this is just not the group that you thought you were going to have and not the group that, uh, that is playing well together. They're just not. You know, they, they've, we've had these stops and starts all year long, and there's been no – the, the Bulls' performances have been as herky-jerky as their offense – they have been. You just know something is going to happen, that they're going to blow a double-digit lead. I, I, I think there could be a contender out there that looks at DeMar DeRozan as the missing piece, and that may be – that would be difficult to get rid of DeMar DeRozan. He's been a terrific bull, and last night, you know, he had he had the worst game maybe – I think I heard Stacey King say, or maybe it was uh, Adam, I'm not quite sure, the worst game in a Bulls uniform. Or it might have been po- the post-game show. It could have been the worst game in a Bulls uniform for DeMar DeRozan. Eight turnovers. He did get fouled down the stretch. That's that's a legit complaint. But if you turn the ball over eight times, then I think you almost lose the right to complain too loudly about the foul, the foul that wasn't called. <laughs> you just you didn't put yourself in a situation to kind of uh, to 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 be. You, you could have been better, and they need to protect the ball more, and they just don't. And and I think the bad spacing on the inbounds pass is another microcosm. They got bad spacing on the floor, period. And and maybe a point guard changes that. Maybe they'd have a different reality. But, you know, they're not the only team looking for a point guard. There are a lot of teams out there that need help in that area. So to, as easy as it is to say all they need is the point guard, okay, well, how do you get them? Well, it's, a, it's an obvious conclusion to reach after the Bulls commit 20 turnovers. They need to protect the basketball, and they don't have somebody whose right. primary job is is that, or they don't have, they're not proven at that position. So it's uh, it's all a mess, and they just haven't been able to, you know, get get past any kind of uh, point of inconsistency. And they have a losing record, and so we can talk about the playoffs and talk about the play in, and it's just uh, where are you going? You're not getting better, and you haven't you haven't made progress. It's a disaster. How about LeBron? It's very difficult. Last night. Did you see LeBron with his 
uh, first triple double of the year against the Knicks. We yes, talked I about saw that, that the night before yeah. how he rested up. And he rested up to play the Knicks. And yes. He had a great game against the Knicks, and he's now eighty nine points away from uh, from the all time scoring record. Eighty nine points away from from passing uh, Kareem as the NBA's all time leading scorer. Now, how long has he been at it? Yeah, I mean, he started in high school, I believe. Right? He was. 14 years old when he came into the NBA. <laughs> Doesn't it feel that way? Doesn't it feel like been he's 20 years of LeBron played, played forever? It's been two decades. Yeah. And he's we, been remarkably durable uh-oh. and still at, playing at a high level. When you can do that at his age against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, he rose to the occasion. He was well rested after his crazy tantrum yes. on, on Saturday night. He was well rested. There were no tantrums to throw on right. Tuesday night, but. Uh-huh. He will pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he will be the all-time leading scorer. Some people will look at that as, you know, more uh, reason to call him the greatest ever. But he's a great player. He's he is not, a great player. He's, he's no Mike Jordan. Yeah, that's, that's just that simple. You're never going to convince anybody. You're in Chicago never going to convince me yeah. that he's he's you know an equal to Michael Jordan. It's just not the case. I, I just I don't believe it for a second. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Larry is in Naperville. Hey, Larry. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Love your show every morning. But you know, I'm just getting fed up with nobody talking about Billy Donovan. You know, this guy, first of all, hasn't really won anywhere. We just resigned this guy. It's the coach's responsibility. They don't get the ball to Vucevic, who's in the second half, and he lets this go on game after game of of of, of uh, individual play, and we lose. Number two is Zach Levine is the worst ball handler I've ever seen for a guy max player. You don't talk about his consistent turnovers, and the only guy, the only guy that should be on the floor to bring the ball up in the last five minutes of the game is Io DeSumo. He at least takes care of the ball. But Billy Donovan is getting the biggest free pass out of any coach or manager I've ever seen in Chicago sports. That's a big statement, Larry. That's a big overstatement. I understand the frustration, but I can probably think of coaches who have gotten bigger passes than Billy Donovan. Here's a theory, though. And I'll accept the criticism if you think that we're over-the-top positive about Billy Donovan. I have called him the best coach in town. I do believe that he is a very good NBA head coach. There are things that he decisions he makes that you're not going to agree with and tactical decisions that don't make sense. That's going to be the case with every coach. I do think that Billy Donovan gets the benefit of the doubt from a lot of people because he's transparent, he's coherent, And he communicates what he's thinking and the reasons behind his decisions in game and between games, as well as any coach that we've seen. He's a great communicator. When you are a great communicator, you can manage, you can use perception to to address your reality and to change it. So the reality is that he's got a lot of support in Chicago because of the way that he handles perception. He's a great guy to talk basketball with inspires confidence yeah i i got a lot of time for uh billy i've really enjoyed talking to him and i think he's a good coach and i just think that um they've got some 
they've got some problems on this team. I don't know that there's any magic wand that is going to kind of answer some of these issues. They they really they've they've constructed the roster poorly because of injury, and and that's just the reality. Of it, it comes down to this: which is more likely to change the Bulls' season? Changing coaches or changing the big three? Or changing your roster. I, I'm with the roster. I think it's gonna. It's got to be the roster. That's the bigger problem than the coach right now, in my opinion. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. We're gonna bring in Brian Baldinger. We're gonna talk to uh, to Baldy about the playoffs, about the future, about all the rumors floating around and who's in, who's out. There's a there's a there's a big one that Tom Brady has has he officially retired? We've seen that before, but maybe this time it's real. For good? Yeah. Do the 49ers know? He came out and said that uh, he's truly grateful on this day, and he uh, apparently has retired. Does Fox know? Yeah. Does Does Greg Olson know? Does Greg Olson know? Yeah. Three-man booth, two-man booth? No. Tom Brady, stay away from that booth for the Super Bowl, please. Greg Olson is on a roll. Yeah. Well, is that necessarily true? Is it? I mean – I'm just saying, I'm sure he has retired, but for how long? And his contract uh, with Tampa runs until the new calendar year, which is March 15th. I think his contract expires on March 13th. So Tom's retired, uh, but maybe the Niners call anyway, shouldn't they? That'd yes. be nice to get that phone call. Hey, I know you're retired, but why don't you come coach? Well, let me just talk to my wife. I'll see how that. Oh, wait a minute. I, I don't know no, that anything that's ever been on Twitter is binding. Yeah, I don't think it matters. But we'll uh, all right. We'll we'll get into it. We'll ask Baldy about it next. Mully and Hall on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have forty-seven new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Go, go, go. Brian Baldinger. Take a bow. That's right. NFL analyst for the NFL Network and Fox Sports. I think for the first time, I feel like they got a real coach and a real quarterback. Odyssey NFL Insider. You're seeing the development of a real quarterback. While he's developing, he's entertaining as hell. I watch this quarterback play. I think there's a bright, bright future in Chicago. Host of Baldy's Breakdown. There seems to be some controversy about Lane Johnson moving early. Like, some guys just have a fast twitch. Ball's definitely moving, and Lane's moving at the same time. I mean, that's what we're looking at right there. Brian Baldinger with Mully and Haw. Oh, this is awesome. On 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle, with Jason LaConfora and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. And he joins us now on, as all guests do on the score, 
Hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm doing great. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, we're uh, we're pumped up. Um, I guess the rumor today is that Tom Brady finally did uh, retire. I know he retired last year. Um, so every time Tom retires, we're unsure if he's really retired. And, you know, the whole San Francisco thing makes a ton of sense, just given the uh, the injury situation out there and the way they have everything lined up. Is Tom retired in your mind? Do you think he's done it? I mean, he's gone forever, 46 years old. Yeah, I think he's done forever. Um, I know last year was kind of a false alarm. Uh, I think they had a coaching change and maybe one more run at it with uh, some pretty good players. But I, I think this is it. I mean, he's got a nice job waiting for him at Fox. He's had a lot of changes in his own life. Uh, that final game was not a good performance by his standard. And I think that's really what it comes down to is I, I think he tried really hard this year. I saw him against San Francisco. They couldn't move the ball all day long. He was horrible against Cincinnati. I think what happens to, you know, players that want to be, you know, not want to be, but are labeled as the GOAT or play at that, you know, at, at that sort of uh, standard. When you can't meet that standard anymore and you look in the mirror and you're being honest with yourself, you go, why do I want to keep doing this if I can't keep playing at a Super Bowl winning standard? I think, I think that's really what it is right now with him. I've seen it with other great players, Jerry Rice, some other guys that are legendary, that they just can't play at that level anymore. And I think that's really uh, what's behind all of this today. You can relate to this as an ex-player, Brian, but he's making the decision and announcement on February 1st. How binding and how different might he feel on June 1st or as training camp begins in August 1st? And then maybe as the season begins and he's in the booth watching players and he thinks that he could be the, the answer to the 49ers or who, whatever the case may be. It, it, it just seems like I'll believe it when Tom Brady's still in the booth at Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I mean, I understand that. But, I, you know, I remember Troy Aikman telling me that, uh, you know, he was in the booth his first year out, and uh, he retired early. I think he was 34 years old when Troy, right. his body was just given out on him. And, you know, he, he's doing a game, and the Eagles have injuries at quarterback. I don't know, Donovan McNabb. Whatever it was, there was a major injury in Philadelphia. Andy Reid was a coach. Andy called Troy and said, hey, do you want to you come out of the booth and come play? And Troy really thought about it. I mean, it was, you know, it was an honor. It was a good team. Uh, he knew he could still play, and he declined. And I think that's what will happen to Brady. I'm sure he, he still, you know, whether it's San Francisco, I'm sure somebody's going to, like, pick up the phone and call him and say, are you sure about this? I think he's sure about it. I, I really do. Not just because Fox is making this grandiose offer to him, um, not everybody gets, you know, the, the, the golden road treatment that, you know, Tom's going to get leaving, leaving the game. But I, I just think that it's, it's just time. And I, and I think he knows that. And I don't think he's going to be swayed this time. I, you know, the statistic that jumps out at you, Tom has 35 career playoff wins, which, yeah. is, which is more than 27 franchises currently in the NFL. Yeah. Good guy. No, I mean, look, the, the, the records and the stats and all that stuff, I mean, you could write books on it. You could fill up chapters. Um, but I think this is uh, – I mean, I just look, uh, we, we had a great time watching Tom, you know, just transition and go through, you know, leave New England, go to Tampa in a pandemic year and win. And But I think one of the issues is, you know, his center was uh, was 22 years old, 23 years old this year. 
Robert Hainsey. Like, I don't know how much, you know, and, and teams have to be young. I mean, the oldest quarterback in the final eight when we got to the division round this year was Dak Prescott. He was 29 years old. You look at this, you know, these quarterbacks in this Super Bowl coming up, they're young guys. Jalen is young. He's 24 years old. I mean, it's, it's a young man's game. Tom knows that, and he defied all logic and time. But at some point, you know, are you really relating to your 23-year-old center or your 24-year-old wide receiver? Um, you know, because they're just we're, – we're, they're from a different generation, and they, they do things different. And, and I don't know that you can build the same type of relationships that you did with Gronk or you did with some other players or coaches, um, you know, during his, during his time. Those realities also true for Aaron Rodgers because he may be at an age and stage of his life where he has a hard time relating to younger wide receivers, younger teammates. Do you expect him to be back next season? It won't surprise me if he walks away. It really won't. I mean, um, he gave it his best shot this year. But even though even this year, like, I look, he wasn't there in the offseason, and he needed to be there in the offseason. Right. But if somebody – you can't really fault him for not being there if he's out in Hawaii or South America and he's, you know, taking advantage of his youth and his time and, and, all, and his money. Like, you can blame him. But at the same time, you know, he had rookie receivers there this year. They needed time with him. And they didn't get it. And it might be the same if, I don't know, the New York Jets have Garrett Wilson and Emmanuel. Uh, you know, like, they've got all these young players there. Brees Hall. Like, they need a quarterback there every day to build timing with, the way I saw Troy Aikman building with Michael Irvin back in the day at Valley Ranch. Like, you know, is he willing to do that? And that, you know, if I was a general manager and I was interested in maybe Aaron Rodgers for the next two years, like, that would be a demand I would make from him. We got a young roster. We have young players. We're bringing in here. We want to go for it. But we need you here every day. And is Aaron going to, like, submit to that? I'm not sure that he would. I'm curious, uh, Baldy, when you look at this Super Bowl and the and the two teams that got there and the way that uh, that San Francisco kind of ran out of gas and, um, you know, both guys kind of injured you know, to, to various degrees. I didn't – you know, if you had told me that uh, that the uh, – that, that uh, Gardner Minshew was going to close the game and that Jalen Hurts wasn't going to throw a touchdown, I'd have thought something seriously wrong had happened, but – it was all part of a glorious victory. What? Uh, where are these quarterbacks at? How healthy is uh, is either guy going to be? I mean, you know, it's a difference between a guy hopping around and a guy that uh, you worry about his arm strength. Well, I think Jalen's going to be fine. I mean, he got okay. hurt against Chicago. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gibson, you know, fell on top of him, and I mean, honestly, I think Jalen really believed that he separated his shoulder when he first hit the ground. And when they found out it wasn't separated, like it was like a breath of, okay, we're going to be okay. Well, you know, he keeps kind of hinting that, you know, I'm not okay, but I'm not going to not play either, right. you know? And so, you know, he made, you know, he missed some go balls the other day uh, against San Francisco that he'd been making all year. You wonder if that's part of it. Um, I do think he's going to get a good chance to rest here before Super Bowl Sunday. And I think Mahomes proved, you know, all the way to the final play and his scramble for a first down and getting hit out of bounds to put him in field goal range that he's going to be just fine. And no matter what, you know, percent his high ankle sprain is, um, he's going to gut it out and play. And it might get weak as, as the game goes on like it did on Sunday, but it, it's not really going to make any difference to him. He's just the, uh, you know, he's the ultimate competitor. And so, and, and both of them are. And so they're kind of defined by their competitiveness. And so whatever percent they're at, 
is what they're going to be at. And what we've seen from both teams is both teams have really rallied around their quarterbacks um, during these injuries. And they've picked up their games. I mean, the Chiefs had four, four rookies in the secondary playing against maybe the best quarterback in the league and the best tandem of receivers in the league, and they did just fine. So I think everybody rallied around uh, their quarterbacks because of the nature of the leadership abilities that they have. Which defensive game record is going to have the biggest impact on the Super Bowl, Hassan Reddick yeah. or Chris Jones? Well, I mean, Chris Jones is going to be a factor, but he's also going to go up against the best offense line that he's gone up against all year. So I, he might get neutralized. The thing with Philadelphia is, you know, Hassan might um, get slowed a little bit, but he's got five other guys that are more than capable of getting to the quarterback, and they like to play a five-man defensive line. And all of them can win, whether it's Javon Hargrave or Josh Sweat or Fletcher Cox or, you know, you pick a guy, Brandon Graham. I mean, all of them get to get to the quarterback. So you might want to go double Hassan Reddick. It could be a good idea. The 49ers kind of wish that they had done that. <laughs> but, um, you know, the other guys are going to win. And so the Eagles are built to, uh, you know, they're just built really, really well in the trenches. And I think that will be the difference on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch that game and to to see these two teams. The The line moved like crazy. You know, they, they had, uh, I believe, Kansas City as the favorite, and that lasted like 20 minutes. Everybody just jumped on the Eagles and, and took advantage of that line. I think the Eagles are minus one and a half now. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't really paid much attention to that. Um, you know, I hope it's a one and a half point game. I hope it's, you know, Right. Nip and tuck. I'm mean, just watching it as a fan, uh, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday. So I hope it's really close and it comes down like we did last year, maybe to the final drive and puts the ball in these two quarterbacks' hands. Good things are usually going to happen. But um, regardless, I mean, I just think just I live in Philadelphia. I've seen this team. Like, I, I see these players a lot. and I've seen the way this team has been constructed. And Andy Reid knows what he's up against. And it's just going to take maybe one of the greatest days of Mahomes' life I think for the Chiefs to win this game. And so the Eagles, they, they, that defense reminds me of the 85 Bears to some degree. You know, they don't have, you know, Singletary and, um, you know, a couple of guys. But, I mean, they, they are built the right way to, to win these kind of games. Brian, given your vantage point there in Philly, how, would, how do you explain the quick evolution of Nick Sirianni from a guy who was introduced and, you know, didn't inspire a lot of confidence on day one, and here he is two years later in the Super Bowl on the verge of winning it? Uh, a couple things. I mean, first of all, Nick is a really good football coach. His dad's a coach. His brother coaches at Washington Jefferson. His other brother is a high school. I mean, he comes from a whole family of coaches. That's all he ever knows. He was on a basically a coaching golf vacation when the Eagles decided to bring him in to interview him. He didn't even have a, a suit jacket or slacks or anything. He came off the golf course and went and interviewed with him. So that's one. Number two, he's a, is an absolute stickler on the fundamentals of the game. And that's what they harp on every single day in practice, and it shows up in the game. He is very um, innovative in a lot of the play calling, a lot of the designs, all their short yardage plays this year, the, the, all of the, the permutations off their short yardage and goal line plays are really smart designs. Other teams are copied them. And then I don't think there's any coach in any sport, I don't care, hockey, basketball, I haven't seen a coach in any sport have as much fun as Nick Sirianni. His press conferences are fun. Um, he's comfortable in front of the media. Uh, you know, he kind of tells it like it is. He's not just uh, one of these guys that just puts his long face on going, I hate doing this, but I got to do it, so I'll get through it. It's not him. Like, 
and he's got a great staff. I mean, Jeff Stoutland is as good offense line coach as there is in this league. Shane Steichen is proven. I mean, he's got a really good staff around him that teaches the game. So I think all those things kind of add up. Great stuff, Baldy. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. That, have, a good, have a good time. Enjoy the game. You too, buddy. That was Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Make sure to follow the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So we talk about all the time the quarterback decisions affecting who goes where and how that might affect the Bears indirectly. Tom Brady retiring certainly affects the quarterback situations in various NFL cities. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that next. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. I think he's done forever. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That's Brian Baldinger, and he's talking about Tom Brady having announced this morning that he is retiring from the NFL. And, and I mean, you know, he's made that announcement before. I, 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 I just – it's not that I don't believe Tom. It's that Tom has said that before. And I never believed him when he said it. Well, I think he's honest. probably very tired and exhausted That's and it. mentally and physically worn out after the kind of season that he had. He's a 45-year-old man. That's going to happen whether you're playing professional football or not. Right. You get older. It's true. You get tired quicker. And he's sitting here on February 1st ready to walk away from the game where he was the greatest quarterback of all time. We get that. My question, I think what you're saying is that he has been down this road before. It's very nostalgic. And he, a year ago was in the very spot telling the Buccaneers he was walking away a little different this time, but I will believe it when I see it next summer, late summer, when teams start to have a quarterback that goes down, when Tom Brady is preparing for a season in the booth, He's going to feel that pull back to the field. All right. Well, let's take a listen. Why don't you listen to see if he sounds tired, if he sounds like what you're saying, if he's he's grateful for everything. But let's take a listen to Tom's retirement announcement. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I just press record let you guys know first so I uh, won't be long-winded like you only get one super emotional retirement essay and I used mine up last year so I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me my family my friends my teammates my competitors uh, I could go on forever there's too many thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream I wouldn't change a thing Love you all. Sounds pretty emotional. He does sound emotional. There's no doubt about it. Tom Brady is an emotional guy. Yeah. He throws iPads. You know, he gets very emotional in the moment. I always am struck by a guy that polished and a guy who is his own corporation. Yeah. Breaks the news of his retirement outside on an iPhone. In downtown Tampa? Is that where he is? I, I or think Miami? he's in Miami. Miami? Yeah, okay. His kids, they, didn't yeah. they move the kids to but Miami? They're going to go to some school the, there. It's not a controlled environment. Yeah, it seems somewhat impulsive. In it's it very seems odd. impulsive. Very odd. You know, I, here's the other thing. <laughs> like, do you believe him that he has no regrets about doing it? See, here's the thing. If he had just retired a year ago, 
he wouldn't have gone through a divorce. We don't know he that. Wouldn't, well, I mean, but, you know, here's the thing. He returned to the team, and then he went missing for sure. a week trying the, to I, – yeah. So I, I, I would imagine that he has some regrets. That's just me. But, I mean, now Tom's alone. Did you see he was on the, they, they had the premiere for 80 for Brady, and he's walking the red carpet for the first time without the the supermodel wife. And I'm not saying – How does he know where to pose? Well, how does he know how to pose? I, I how don't know. know what camera to he's look been, into. I, it just seems What's like – What's he going to do now? seems like he paid <laughs> an awful hefty price uh, well, for the final year of his of his career, which wasn't a good one, and ended poorly. And – if the San Francisco 49 oh, I got I got the kids. I got to drop them off at school. I'm down here now. I gotta. He, I've made a commitment. Oh, you want me to go to? Yeah, I don't. I, know. I know what you're saying. I don't know. He, he, it didn't end the way that he wanted to. He still threw for 4,600 yards, got his team into the playoffs, and threw many more touch. His touchdown to interception ratio was was acceptable, not hit by his standards. He's the greatest of all time for a reason. But I, I don't know that you look at from a football perspective, you could say this year was a waste of his time. He did have a productive season. I, I understand where he's coming from. I just am in the back of my mind, if he, if he changes his mind, I guess is all I'm saying. We both agree. If he comes back next year and we see him in uniform by the end of the season, it's not going to be shocking just because he has reversed field before. Now, what this does to the rest of the league is very interesting because we we had all but agreed that San Francisco was going to go back to the Super, Super Bowl next year with Tom Brady leading them there. Now now what? Do they pivot to uh, Aaron Rodgers? They don't have any draft capital. They don't have a pick before the third round, the 99th overall pick. I don't know if they can afford Aaron Rodgers in terms of that. Derek Carr going back to the Bay. What the 49ers do with their quarterback situation is going to be very interesting now because of the assumption, even as early or as late, excuse me, as last night, people who covered Tom Brady were speculating that the 49ers were where he was headed based on his family connections to the Bay. His folks, you know, it's hard for them to travel across the continent. They live right near there. It would be, you know, nothing for him to play a season with his uh, in front of his family, a final season. Here's the thing, you know, and, and I, I think this is the thing to keep in mind, and this is what I'm trying to remind myself. Um, I think Tom Brady could step in and be a serviceable quarterback for a Super Bowl team that the Niners are with the weaponry and everything else. I don't know that Tom can lead the charge. So if Tom is willing – to be a role player, game manager, kind of a guy with the long handoffs, he'd be phenomenal at it, and they they would have an unbelievable season, and they could do some real damage in the playoffs. <laughs> but but I don't know that he wants to go through all the rigmarole I, again. You see I what I'm saying? I, I do see what you're saying. I think you're right because I believe that if he came back next year as a quarterback, he'd have a better – season he's had more success on the field than he will in the booth I agree with you I and I I think that's true at 46 I, but, I, but I also think that that he has to wrap his mind around the idea that he is passenger not driver and I don't know that a guy that's won seven Super Bowls by being the star of the show is willing to do that I, I just don't know but the good news is Robbie Gold's 40, he'd have a compatriot. He would. 
they could they could carpool. You know, if, if one can't drive because they forgot their bifocals, <laughs> they could share share that vehicle. I, I think also that's a good point. But that's why, as emotional as Brady is, you wondered if, or maybe we we suspected that. That's why San Francisco made the most sense because somebody was right. returning home to finish the right. career arc with that kind of symmetry the it would almost it was almost poetic because he was a guy that you looked at you know going to a place that would make it easier for his parents to attend those games right and so the emotional Brady the guy who wanted to be the great dad wanted to be the perfect son all these things made sense when when speculating about him going back to San Francisco how old are his folks I mean he's 40 he's going to be 46 so he's 45 I think they're in their 70s so they'd have to be in their 70s yeah. right and his mom had some issues the health yeah. problems I think in the past I remember that yeah. so uh, but it's it's not going to happen now and now yeah. I think that if you take him at his word and he stays retired yeah. Then I mean, I listen. I'm not saying that this isn't it, and he shouldn't call it a quit. I, I, I'm not. It just seems like it's February first. You know, he doesn't have a decision to make until the 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 second week of of March. He could just sit back and wait a month and see if he feels differently, if his body feels better, if he doesn't feel as burnt out. And and you well, know, why is he doing this then? Why is he? Why not? I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So he went to he went to San Francisco and said he was interested a couple of years ago, yep. and they were like, "No thanks." Then he went back supposedly last year. Hey, you know, I'm still out here. I could no get, thanks. No, we don't need you. So that, and then, that's it. And, but I think from their perspective, they may say, "Boy, we blew that one. We should have we should have said yes to Tom." So maybe this time they call him, and if they call him and he realizes all the stuff that we just talked about, isn't that possible? That's, I'd be shocked. I, I got a hard time. I'd with be it. shocked. Uh, that's overstating it. I would be surprised if there has been communication between San Francisco camp and Tom Brady's camp. I agree. Uh, they're, they're, right, right now, it's been too well, soon. No, no, they're not allowed until right. he's until under contract March, until March 11th. March 13th, 13th isn't it? it is. So, yeah, and, and and you know, here's March the thing. March 11th is a tampering. we know there's all sorts of little tomfoolery going on, not with Tom Brady, but tomfoolery. And um and certainly Miami got punished for that. But, but they you, never thought but they'd get. You know, you for can that. find out. You know you can find out if you want to find out hard enough. I, I just look at this almost is giving teams an edge because they're going to move on now. There's no team that's going to hold no. out for the possibility no. that Tom Brady might come back and change his mind. I agree. They've got to move on, especially with all the different quarterbacks on the market. Yeah. So now you shift your focus if you're the 49ers or if you are whoever the Titans, if they thought they were going to get Brady because of Vrabel. Now you think other – Options now. You look into Carr and Rogers and Lamar Jackson and anything else that makes sense and maybe puts you over the top. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio six seven of the score. Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.